All right, Jen. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> okay, Jen, who are you? Let, let's get a quick little introduction of who you are and how you know me or how we know each other. Yeah, I quick little introduction. Um, I am 23 years old, actually turning 24 in two days. Why is that relevant? Um, but okay. It's not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am 23 years old. Okay, continue, please. I was born in Seoul. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, went to Yale for undergrad. I'm working in finance now. It was through an event hosted by the Korea Finance Society that I met you. And kind of ever since then, we have maintained our friendship. And it's been, I don't know, I guess it's been like two years since we've known each other. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think I get the sense that Jen likes older men, right? So you have me <laughs> and <laughs> you. So before we get into today's conversation, right, which is very much about romance and Korean men and Korean women, Jen, as a background, what is your dating profile at this point in time? My dating Just to provide profile, some context. I am dating someone who is four years older than I am. I've never dated someone actually younger than me, so I guess that would be a fair characterization. Um, he and I have been dating for two years now. He is a wonderful guy, also Korean. Mm. If that ties this into the whole podcast. And you guys have met a bunch of times. I think you guys are fans of each other, so that always helps when your boyfriend gets along with your friends. So. Cool. So he's a Korean who moved to the U.S., at some point, right? Yeah, that's correct. So when he was 12 years old, he moved from Korea to the Maryland area. Okay, so we, we would call those, like, that would be like a 1.5, right? Yeah. A like 1.5 yeah. generation. When did you come yeah. over then, for context? I was in kindergarten. Oh, so you were in kindergarten. Okay. Yeah. So very, like very much an American in that case then. Yeah, but luckily enough, I was able to go back fairly often. So when I was younger, probably like every year, because I had my grandparents that were still there. So mm -hmm. um, I still feel significantly Korean American. So like Korean underscore American. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you can read the room after all those visits going back? Can you read the Korean social room, the social environment when you're there? Let's say it's so. with family or with kind of friends and regular people i think i can because being korean you're born with this nunchi, right and you can't really fake it you know and i think in a korean household you're always grown up and raised to have that kind of sixth sense and i also grew up kind of in a korean church where those skills come in pretty handy and like the ajumas have it down pet um <laughs> So I think I inherited it a little bit. Yeah, I think the, the Korean-American church is probably the one place where you get to flex all those muscles, right? That's right, um, yeah. Okay, so with that context in mind, with all the self-promotion she's been doing on her ability to read the room, <laughs> let's start. So today's, today's topic is going to be a topic that should have been covered in uh, 2019 or 2018, rather. And it's really a recap of probably one of the defining moments in Korean television, which is the closure of Heart Signal 2. <laughs> um, yes. So Heart Signal 2, Jen, how would you describe it? 
as a mega so, fan yourself. <laughs> I think what prompted this conversation is that with COVID-19 going on, I binge watched that in a matter of days with my mom. So it was interesting to get her perspective as we were watching. Um, I had not seen Heart Signal 1. This was just something that came up on like our Cooley television on, uh, under um, like variety shows. Almost. No, was it variety shows? Anyway, um, and I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And for a little bit of background. So because you mentioned my boyfriend, when we, the night that we first met, I was watching Heart Signal with an only friend of mine who is at the School of Music at Yale. Um, and that's when a friend of ours texted and said, hey, there's this reception going on. You guys should stop by. So we no like way. pause on the heart signal. That night? Downstairs. Yeah, and that's when we met. Ah, <laughs> heart signal one, right? Two. Oh, two. Yeah. Wait, when did heart signal two come out? Oh, my God. Because you guys, when you were at school and you guys met, well, was that one or two years ago? 2018. So two 2018. Years ago. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's been two years. Okay, so what is Heart Signal? What is the concept of Heart Signal? Yeah, so I think it, I may be making this up, but I think it was largely based off of the show Terrace House, which first started in Japan. So basically, it's a show where you watch four girls and four guys who are total strangers to each other get put into a house, and you basically observe their daily behavior and their interactions in order to see whether you can catch their quote-unquote heart signal sent to each other. And at the end of each episode, there's a panel of, I guess, celebrity guests who predict who sends heart signals to um, the person of the opposite gender. So every night, the cast members will send texts to the person who they're feeling the most feelings towards. Um, and it's kind of just a fun game of watching these p- people interact and testing, like you were saying, your dunchi to see if you're able to predict the outcomes. Um, yeah, and it was it was fun to get my predictions, my mom's predictions, and then layer on with the celebrity spot and see, you know, how we interpreted behaviors differently. What are they showing on the show in each episode? These guys live together for three weeks or, or like four weeks, right? What are they showing? Let's start with that. They're showing really just everyday interaction. So, you know, they'll wake up in the morning, they'll cook breakfast together. I think around after breakfast is when people start eyeing each other and trying to make plans to, you know, make content for the show, but also to develop their relationships. And then you'll see characters go on dates or go on grocery runs in the evening. So you get to see people on kind of a one-on-one basis. Um, You'll also see characters meet their own friends and talk about the show talk about people in the house so you'll get to see them in a more comfortable environment to really understand their that was interesting yeah yeah um so i think those that's largely and then you know they'll get kind of date cards where they get to ask each other out on more formal dates they take a vacation near the end one-on-one um so the producers basically they they would have like the six people come in on the same day Right, they may their entrance might be separated by like a few hours, right? And then they'll throw in like two wild cards, one from the man's side and one from the women's side, right? So, what do you think after having watched the show about the decision to have the wild card and the decision for those two individuals to be the wild card? I think the decision to have the wild card is a smart one. To really, yeah, I think so. I think just in terms of like producing television, that's going to be instant drama, right? Tell me, tell me, girl. (laughs) 
like when Hyunwoo f- first walks into the room, the room goes dead silent because he's not the warmest outgoing guy. Like he's very butukke, so everyone is like, "Who is this guy? Like how old is he? Like how is he going to affect how the girls? How old see? is he? You know?" And it turns out that he is like a really charismatic older guy who owns his own restaurant, who is very secure in himself. You know, has experience in having dated other people. Recognizes Oh Youngju from when he used to work at a different restaurant. So there's a lot of kind of red flags that go off for the other guys. I thought that it was kind of a brilliant idea to introduce this guy because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he brings a lot of drama, right? Like he goes on dates with I think three of the four girls in the end. Um, throughout most of the back half of the season, it's kind of a battle between Hyunju and Youngju about who does Hyunju feel most. I don't know, like who does Hyunju have the most feelings towards? And they're both they're both wanting him, right? And but then those girls are also while that's happening, right, and those girls are also like very, you know highly regarded by the other guys. So it just creates a ton of drama. Um, I think throughout that, Hyunwoo was many times kind of painted as the villain, kind of the guy who couldn't make up his mind, um, the guy who was leading girls on, the guy who was sending the signals in like the muddiest of ways so that it was kind of impossible, the guy who was kind of shooting himself in the foot, if you will. But for me, I think he had a lot of charisma, and I felt for the guy, especially knowing how the season ended and how I assume the Korean public reacted towards him. What is his charisma? Because you see, he came in, and it's clear that he's he has a different aura, and he's like charismatic. I mean, I just couldn't help but dislike the guy. Really? Why? What's it? What's his charisma to you? Well, my charisma. Like, what is I? I the whole time I couldn't understand why people like this person. <laughs> Like, maybe there's this, like, the silent guy who only wears black and, like, mumbles a little bit. So, like, you're drawn to that. And he's good at cooking and people enjoy cooking. But, like, to the extent that he was dragging these people along while, like, not not committing. Like, first of all, upon first impression or upon the impression you gain over the episodes, what is this guy's charisma? His charisma? I can't get it. (laughs) His charisma is... One, he is more serious about why he's there, or at least that's what he puts forth, right? Like he says, I am older. Like I've, I've just come out of a five-year relationship. I'm not looking for another fling, another girlfriend. Like I want like wife potential, wife material. That's why I'm here, right? And that sets him apart immediately from the other guys. The second thing is his energy is a little bit mysterious. Right, especially when he first comes in, like he doesn't reveal too much about himself, which prompts the girls to kind of ask those questions and like, you know, prompts the giggles and thoughts of like, who is this guy? What does he have to offer? Um, but then I think his charisma is he has a skill that he is truly good at and passionate about. Right. I think there's something that is really attractive about any individual who has a passion and decides to pursue it and luckily in the season you get to see him serving the other cast members in his restaurant as well as kind of in the kitchen setting where he'll make like a smoothie for the girl that he's into 
right? Or he'll make a salad and leave it in the refrigerator because like that's what he's good at and that's the way that he's showing his feelings. I think the last thing is you see him tied up in so many different storylines struggling that for me, I really felt for him, right? Because I think in the beginning, like you can be confused about your feelings. You can say, okay, these two girls are into me. They are different. It's not like you were picking between two apples and just had to pick the sweeter one. Like you were kind of comparing like an apple and an orange where Hyungju was this cute little thing, like super bright, like would giggle at everything you said. And then Youngju is more of like a successful, like a businesswoman, right? And she's a little bit older. She's calmer, has her life together almost. And they have some past interaction of him having seen her in like her work cafeteria. So I felt for him. And I think that, yes, he was indecisive, but so were the other girls. And I think he took the blame for a lot of it. Well, he he had all the cards for like the latter half of the show, right? He had all the cards. Like people were just like lining up to see this person. I don't think he had all the cards. So I, I don't think so. Really? Like, Why? I, I think the only reason, hot take, that he was stringing it on Hyungju <laughs> Or Hyunju was because Youngju couldn't make up her mind. I think that Youngju needed so much validation and kept questioning her relationship with Hyunwoo that it's only natural for him to get frustrated and be drawn to the girl that has been loyal and has been drawn to him from the get-go. Youngju was loyal for like X amount of episodes at the end. I don't. I can't. I can't see how that's a that's a that's an issue. It's clear, like this Cuban like situation where like she was going on like I think maybe one date with him or two dates with him. It was clear like she's not interested. That's gotta have been reflected in her attitude. Yeah, I guess when I say loyalty, it's not a matter of was she looking at different men, but was she in her relationship with Hyunwoo one hundred percent? Right. I think she always asked him like. She always had the doubt in her mind that he was into Hyunju and would always push that on him and say, oh, like, I'm not the cute one. Like, the panda you drew on this cookie, that can't be me. Of course, it's that other girl you're thinking about. Like, whenever they were on a date, she would look for any sign that he was not giving his 100% attention to her. I think she was Mm. pretty demanding of him in terms of saying, I need clarity but I think on multiple occasions he said, no, it's you that I'm into. But every time that she felt he did something that was unclear, she would waver. And then I think Hyunwoo's doubt and indecisiveness was a byproduct of that. I think from the beginning, if Youngju had said, you and me, like we're in this till the end, I'm sure of it. I don't think any of this would have happened. Yeah, but does that kind of statement even, can you see that kind of statement being made on this show? I thought it was like sufficiently clear. Like, there's no way a statement like that can be made. Because that takes away from the mystery of the whole thing, right? I think that mm. Hyunwoo offered that on multiple occasions, right? Like, he said when Youngju said in the vacation episode, like, oh, I thought you would pick your destination, knowing that I would pick a different one because you didn't want to spend time with me. He was like, wow, you are really stupid. But, like, in Korean, it's like, oh, pabuda, which is a kind of, like, playful. But I think that is clear enough of a sign. For the one-day vacation. Yeah, but mm. when Hyunwoo would turn that question back on Youngju and say, hey, where's your head at? She would say, oh, I don't know. Like, I haven't made up my mind. And whether that was her reacting because 
she felt hurt from all of the misunderstandings she was kind of putting on herself. I think it could have been because of that, but I don't think she ever gave him any sort of assurance. Mm, that I never felt that way. <laughs> okay, but... but... <laughs> have you seen other reality shows like, like Terrace House? Maybe there's American versions of these shows. I think there's a ton, right? Yeah. Um, I am not an avid Bachelor fan, but I've seen couple seasons, episodes here and there. I usually know what's going on. I don't usually invest the full hour, two hours a week to keep up. Um, there's also other Netflix series that have been blowing up, I think, with COVID-19, whether that's like Love is Blind or Too Hot to Handle. I am, <laughs> I'll admit I'm a fan of these kind of uh, trashy TV shows. Um, so yeah, I guess I have seen a couple. <laughs> Well, what what do you think is the value prop of this show relative to the others? Let's say you got to sell it to somebody, right? Yeah. Because each of these shows is going to be like at least ten hours. So what's the what's the selling point for Heart Signal Two, then? What makes it different point. from The Bachelor or other shows? Yeah, I think people one have a fascination with Korea in general these days, um, and I think two, it's an insight into Korean culture. Three, I think the premise of the show is a lot more <clears throat> is a lot more subtle than call it like your bachelors, your other Netflix series, because I think a lot of like the American dating shows are dr- dramatized. Like producers will egg on certain behaviors, will try to start putting characters or cast members against each other, and a lot of times it is kind of like over-sexualized. I think the charm of Heart Signal is that things are so subtle. Like, instead of focusing on makeout session number 327, you're going to be focusing in on, like, who's glancing at who with what frequency, um, like, do the corners of their mouths turn up when someone comes into a room. So I think there's subtlety there that I think may be more applicable to real life dating, right? When you're trying to figure out, does this person like me or not? What does, you know, is he into that girl rather than me? Um, Those questions, I think. Um, And then you have the dialogue of people observing and understanding, like, how does, how do other people perceive these interactions? And how does that differ? The celebrity judges, right? Right. Which I feel like is like, at least 20% of the fun, like reacting with them, I would say. Yeah, exactly. But I just want to get into it. So what did you think about this season, right? <laughs> what what did what did you think? I mean, you can comment. It can be about the characters, right? Their dynamics. It can be the format of the show, right? It could even be something as small as this guy's cooking or that house. What stands out to you? Because you finished this show, I think, a week ago. Yeah. So it's somewhat fresh in your mind. What did I think about the show? I thought it was... so entertaining (laughs) and at first i didn't expect it to because it started out kind of slow right as you Mm. would expect when you're bringing in eight strangers into a room but then you get hooked and kind of invested into certain characters over others like you're rooting on certain relationships and at the end of the day if that text doesn't go to the right girl you're kind of questioning your ability to read signals and 
you kind of want to play matchmaker a bit, right? So I think um, I really liked kind of the arc of the show where there was conflict. Like you had love triangles and you had people that were sending the wrong signals or things that were being misinterpreted. Um, and, you know, ohes that weren't getting resolved and like the frustration, like that all added to how invested you got into the TV show. So overall, I really enjoyed watching it. I think the ending, which hopefully we'll get to, I have my opinions on, right, of what should have happened, what I was disappointed by, what shocked me, what, you know, was kind of like bonesa in my mind. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have finished it in a week if I didn't enjoy it as much as I did. So you, you mentioned like the beginning is a little bit awkward. And I, I always wonder too, as someone who grew up the, my entire life in the US, like they bring them in one by one, right? And so you'll have the first, usually it's a guy, or like the guy will come into the house that all eight of them are going to share and he awkwardly sits around. Then no, I think they send another guy and they awkwardly look at each other. And you can imagine they sit there for like two, three hours and they just edit it into five. So the, the awkwardness is really like, They've been sitting there for a while. There's nothing mm-hmm. to do, right? Yeah. So they bring them in like one by one like that. And so I wonder, um, you see they're very like formal with each other. And that was a stark comparison because whenever I go out in like New York or something, there's always kind of an impetus that when you meet somebody at a party or when you meet somebody even in a small setting and you're early, you'll kind of make conversation and like try to get things going. But there it seemed like they were very much trying to be polite and not really engaged too much. Do you mm-hmm. think that I'm reading it as a very big difference that shouldn't be there? No, I think that that's may be right. cultural. I think that's right. I think it's two things, right? I think it's one cultural, but also two, you know that you're being watched and every single movement is going to be dissected, especially because this was the second season. And I think that's why people were careful of what do I say at the beginning, because, you know, in any relationship, a first impression is a big game changer in a lot of times of how you view that person over the entirety of what this was like a four week long kind of experiment. But then I think from the cultural aspect of things, I think those loud, boisterous personalities aren't seen to be as charismatic from the get-go, right? I think there's some kind of mystery and mystery that you have to surround yourself with in order to draw people into you. And I think that's a lot of times the approach that was taken. I think the one exception would have been Teho, but I think he went to school in the States, so maybe that played into kind of his personality and the way that he wanted to liven up the room. Do you, do you think that the fact that there was a heart signal one may have shaped the approach of the characters? Like, do you think they watched it? Oh, I think so, definitely. From what I could tell, I think Heart Signal as a show was a massive hit. And you can tell that because now they're into Heart Signal 3. So I think this may or may not become more of a franchise. Who do you think among the eight characters had the most like customized approach? Maybe it's based on Heart Signal 1. Like they watched Heart Signal 1 and like they knew how to play this Heart Signal game. Or through other shows that they would have learned like the right things. Teho? Yeah. Felt a little bit premeditated to me, not in terms of how he approached his relationships, because I think anyone could see that, you know, his feelings for Talon, they were sincere as were hers towards him. But I think if you think so, I I think so. I mean, whether you you can argue like how deep they were, but I think they were genuine, right? Like, I don't think he was faking at all that she thought. Really? Yeah, that he thought she was pretty. 
Um, and I thought they had a good chemistry, but I think one thing that he had in mind was, you know, this is the second season. We know that there is high viewership. If I am seen favorably by the Korean public, maybe we can spin this into something later on, whether that's, you know, personal promotion, like business ventures. I think they pushed the whole CEO angle a ton. So I think he was smart about his approach, right? Like he wasn't offending anyone. He wasn't competing for any girls. And I think the way that things ended up working out was probably the best case scenario for him. Do you think that he calculated this from the start? Because there's a reason when you even show up on the show, it's not like, oh, I don't know this is going to be televised. Oh, I don't know that this is going to be part of a hit program that's already been on air before. How much is calculated from the beginning, you think? Especially for a guy like him. Yeah, I think everyone probably got casted and had some time to sit and think about what they wanted out of the show and how they wanted to approach it, how they wanted to be portrayed. From what I could tell, I feel like he had probably thought a little bit more about it. Like, I think when you look at <laughs> um, someone like Hyunju, right? She just kind of radiates brightness and a little bit of innocence. So I don't think she would have necessarily enrolled in this show with the thought that, okay, if I do well here, that I could probably shoot a commercial or like land an acting gig, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Taylor was kind of three steps ahead in terms of the potential platform that this show could give him. How, how flexed do you think Cheho's background as the CEO is? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so like in, uh, it's, I'm not saying it's a fake position, but like what, what kind of CEO are you? If you're like on this show and like, you see these guys commute nine to five, like how are you the CEO of a startup if you're commuting nine to five? And then even today, Jeho has like his whole like, entertainment career where he's singing on shows and like coming on variety shows right like how like how exaggerated it's, do you think that particular background yeah is? i think i was I a little skeptical either such a successful company that he doesn't have to be there all the time or it may not be as legitimate because if i think about my friends who are at startups or like trying to do their own thing it's a 24 7 grind you know like you're hustling exactly um you know, this guy did his hair perfectly every single day. Like you could be making every day. Like you could be making every a phone single call. day. I that know. skin has does not have a single pimple. <laughs> he doesn't have a single pimple from stress. <laughs> How are you running a startup? Yeah, that's what I don't get. I mean, I, maybe it speaks more, less about him as a character. Maybe I've given him undue. Uh, bad vibes and more about the amount of gunpowder available today right that powder that everyone mm-hmm. talks about you know it's very easy to get money you can have a you can have a startup with like no business idea whatsoever and just mm-hmm. be basically someone who's a part-time celebrity like jeho and yeah. still just eat investor money for three years and like that's, who knows that's maybe it could be a commentary CEO, on that right is to be kind of the face of the company and i think jeho would be excellent at that yeah he's and- just selling and like getting investor money <laughs> That's, that's we'll the feeling that I get. We'll have to do a little bit more digging. <laughs> Put him on blast. So tell me about this wily guy named Jeho. Like, what, what was he doing that gives you this impression? Because it's so clear to me, too. Like, this guy was, like, calculating whether it's from the start or whether, like, in the midpoint when he figured out that, like, nobody was really, like, his romantic mate. Yeah, I think what was he doing? I think at first he was kind of the puniki maker. Right. So because right now, first of all, the the show as a quick like back step, like center of attention. When there was mm. a bigger group, right? I think he's the type of character that thrives in a bigger setting uh, because he has a lot of energy. He 
I think himself said on the show that, you know, when there is awkward silence, like I need to be the one to break it. Like I need to be the one to further conversation, ask those questions to have people open up. Um, and I think part of that is his natural personality, but also when you walk into that room of eight characters, you see like, that's the whole, right. And like producers need somebody to be not an instigator, but someone to kind of push along plot lines. Like he would often help other guys, you know, and mediate with their relationships with girls and try to counsel people um, and really get that dialogue going. And I'm sure that a lot of that was to help people genuinely make connections. But also when you do that counseling, when you get people's innermost feelings on tape, like you're going to be on TV a little bit more, right? You're going to be seen as, yeah, like when that guy's in the room, like things happen, I'm more engaged. Um, so I think Teo was an especially fun character to watch. Yeah, I, I think he can't have been there for the romance aspect like at all. Huh. Um to be mediating like that and all of that, I mean, he's a funny guy. Like, what, what are some, like, interesting incidents that stand out? I think his um, banter with Oh Youngju was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, they said at the beginning that they had gone to school together, maybe. So they had had a previous, like, relationship where I'd known of each other. So I think there was kind of a baseline mm. friendship there. Um, but I think seeing them interact was hilarious and you know, a scene that comes to mind is they were at, they were eating lunch together. And I think they had made a pact for Oyeongju. Like she would look out for whenever Tyler. I recall this. Uh, who was Cheo's kind of love interest for whenever she would, you know, have quirks or say, oh, I really like this flower or this is my favorite dessert. Oyeongju would tell that to Cheo so that he could appeal to those kind of preferences. And he said that he would do the same for Oyeongju um, looking out for, Hyunwoo's kind of quirks and preferences as well. How, how would you describe the chemistry on this show? It looks like the, the chemistry between these two is very good from a platonic sense. Totally. Right? Yeah, I think it was very platonic. And, you know, I think if you had a friend in the house, like how much more comfortable would you be? And like you would be able to show more of your true colors earlier on. How was the chemistry with the eight when you think about the other members? What is that? What is that grouping like? Because... I've watched one episode of the following season and you have as well. And it's decidedly different, even though obviously the first episode is quite awkward. It feels decidedly different when I compare. Yeah, I think the... How would you describe this group's chemistry? I think the chemistry between the eight cast members definitely grew over time and Mm -hmm. was impacted by... So at the beginning, there were only six cast members, three girls, three guys, and then eventually they introduced Hyunwoo which is another guy character, as well as Changmi. Then you get to see like how serious and how solid are the relationships that are forming and how easily are they going to be swayed. Um, but I think even through the introduction of the two new characters, the eight cast members had baseline friendship among all of them, right? I think, yes, there were crossing narratives, like, like relationship narratives, but people are always respectful of one another. You know, you saw kind of more candid scenes of the girls like dancing in their little apartment room, right? And yeah. the guys, you know, there was like a bromance between Tokyuni and Kyubin. It was the friendship that they had that also helped us as viewers want to root for certain characters and want the best for kind of everyone in the end. I don't think there was necessarily anyone that was 
made out to be a villain asterisk because if anyone it would have been Hyunwoo but I have kind of my own take on him who was uh, your favorite female character <laughs> no 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 I I mean I liked Youngju the best mm. Hyunju if I looked at her I felt like I was looking at a minor so that already felt very guilty from my end like from from, a, from an American perspective this like very the very cute girl who acts very young is like this is not this is like a distinctly like asian thing and maybe a distinctly mm. korean thing so i think coming from a korean american background i was like i was a not attracted and b felt like i was gonna go to see a police oh officer soon if i kept looking <laughs> at this individual so it was like half attraction and half like a uh-huh. legal standpoint from living in the u.s and then Taon just seemed fake first of all she doesn't look like a human being half of her face is constructed <laughs> that's one which, I mean, that style appeals uh-huh. to some people, like a perfected right. face, right? But I don't know. It, it didn't appeal to me. And second, seemed a little vapid. Like, what do you like? What do you do for work? Like, this is very unclear, right? She goes to her dad's factory and puts on like that yellow hat right. and looks around. And like, that's supposed to be the introduction. And so for some context, right? They'll, they won't show any, any of the participants like names or occupations or anything about them until like an episode or two in. And so they have a dedicated section for that. And for Talon's section, oh, she she was like a yoga instructor or like she does yoga. Like, I think they, they should have just called her a socialite. Like that would have been sufficient a euphemism than like making up this yoga and like helping her dad. So like that didn't feel like she just felt like she was sucking money. Not my style. And Youngju is obviously, she's got everything. <laughs> what, what, what more is there to say? Really? Very attractive, accomplished, Speaks two languages, and uh, she doesn't seem. She probably is too sketchy, too shady. Yeah, I mean, I was I was drawn in from a look standpoint, a who she is standpoint, and a comparative standpoint as well. I think it's a clear winner from that point. From the guys' side, it's funny when you compare the guys and the girls because in usual society, girls have the cards. But for me, as a heterosexual person, I would go for, like, any of the guys, except Hyunwoo. Really? Like, they were all all-stars. They were all all-stars, right? Because, well, the premise of the show is, like, these are not Joes, mm. right? Like, you've mentioned that this guy who runs a restaurant is, like, catching all the girls. <laughs> um, but in reality, I, I think a lot of, like, how you select somebody or how you're attracted to somebody, like part of it is like physical and the aura and like part of it is like Mm. their background, right? And so the show tries to control for the background because in the first episode or so, you'll be attracted on the basis of like your impression. And then after that, you'll have a reveal of who they are and what they do in society. And it's interesting to see how that might color perceptions. Um, And less than I thought... The fact that Hyunwoo probably has the least prestigious background and career did not seem to impede the fact that he was just toying with these women for like six straight hours of television. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, so I am curious to hear about the perspective of two things from you. One, obviously like what female and male character you liked and what you thought about them. And then two, this kind of issue of background and how people assess each other. Um, but we'll hold that for now. First of all, the fun stuff. You can go female first, too. Let's hear it. (laughs) Who I liked the most. This is actually surprising that I'm going to say this because it drove me crazy that all the guys liked her so much, but I liked Hyunju. It drove you crazy that all the guys liked, but you liked her. Okay, so why did it drive me crazy that Hyunju got all of the votes on the first day, 
like kind of the first impression text she got. So the first the first day is just they're just chatting. They don't know anything right. about each other, right? They're just chatting, and she's cute. Yeah. Okay. But then at the end, she also got all of the votes on the vacation date. So for the vacation date, all the guys were given two slots or two tickets to give to members of the opposite gender. So they were they picked out destinations, and then they decided like who would be their number one choice, who would be their number two choice, and then the girls could decide based on destination, not knowing which guy had claimed which destination where they wanted to go. And Hyunju got a ticket from all of the guys. That drove me a little bit crazy because for the first impression, like all you can go off of is kind of that person's energy. Like what is your interaction with them like? How agreeable are they? And from the get-go, like Hyunju was characterized to be a very light character, right? Like they focused on how easily she smiled, how pretty she was when she smiled, how easily she laughed, how comfortable she made people feel because she was such a bright person that I felt that she didn't have as much depth to her. And I think that was reflected at the end with the vacation dates where she got all four tickets from the guys, but she was always everyone's second choice, right? Like this is just a girl that is safe to go with. Why? Because this plays into why I like her so much. I felt like she was genuine. She was easy to get along with, but told me a little bit about Korean society in a way where if you're a girl and you are smiley and bubbly and pretty. Because even until the end, because the vacation is at the very end of the show, right? So even by that point, she had still maintained this image, at least from a viewer's point of view, that they didn't bring that much depth to her character. She was still kind of the cute person that you had the first impression of. And she still yeah, got all the tickets. Once the show ended, this was mentioned in kind of the reunion special. She was coined like master of relationship. And reflecting on how she was shown throughout the season, the only thing she really had over the other girls was that she was always smiling. Like she never got angry. Like she was never someone you had to be careful around because she would kind of take everything and giggle back at you. And for me, it was a little bit disheartening because... You have these successful women like Changmi, who has her own boutique in New York, and Youngju, who like has her own nine-to-five job, and yet guys are drawn to like the bright light in the room as opposed to like you were describing Youngju, like who has the most substance, who is like the most set in who she is. So that was kind of surprising to me. But she would be still though my favorite character because she was just genuine and felt agreeable so I guess I'm contradicting myself a little bit in terms of the frustration I had for why the cast members were drawn to her but at the same time I sympathize with why does it surprise you that all the Korean guys picked her does it surprise or validate I think it did both right I think I expected it but I was surprised still when it happened right like young Hyungju was the youngest girl she was the cutest girl and I think in Korean society like you they do very much value you being feminine I think that's also like from a Western perspective, why people are attracted to Korean women is, you know, they are on the gentler side. They are a little bit more domestic, like they're a little bit warm, like they create a good home and, you know, like we'll have a, you'll have a good family life if you do, you know? And I think that was a little small example of, yeah, that stigma or like that stereotype, I guess is a little true. Do you try to manufacture some of that for your 1.5 Korean boyfriend? I don't. Honestly, like we are. <laughs> Liar. I mean, two years in, I think if you're faking it now, it's going to show. How long should you fake it? You shouldn't. You don't, you don't even fake on day one? Maybe you'll be a little bit more polite, laugh at more jokes. But no, I don't think you should fake it. <laughs> laugh at more jokes. But I don't think you should 
fake it at all because if you're set in who you are and like you recognize your own self-worth, there are plenty of guys out there, one of which is gonna see that value and who's gonna click with you. So I don't think you have to fake it. If anything, I think you're yeah. wasting your time if you do. Quick bathroom pause, <laughs> as you predicted. One minute. So I'm just gonna keep speaking because I guess you're gonna hear this as you're recording. I'm curious to know who Kevin would cast in an ideal season of Heart Signal. I'm also curious how Kevin would strategize if he were to be a cast member on the show. I think he would do really well though, because he's really outgoing. He has a strong impression. He gets along with everyone. I think the fact that he does this podcast show you that shows you that he can make you feel comfortable and make, make conversation and talk about a variety of different topics. But then again, if his pick was Youngju, we might need to have a heart to heart and talk about this. I wonder if he heard me. Can you hear that I'm talking? <laughs> no, I do. Did you hear me? I had a little no, soliloquy. This is for when you edit. Little it's fun for you to hear. <laughs> what a guest! <laughs> wait, wait. So back to it, right? So if 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 Hyunju, if Hyunju is this smiley, bright girl that all the guys like. What are all the three other girls? Talon is your safest bet. Who's safest bet and for what reason? Talon is your safest bet because she's the most, dare I say it, like vanilla character. It's not a dare, <laughs> but... Like she doesn't have anything that's super outstanding about her, but also nothing that's a red flag, right? Like she's not the bubbliest, but she's also not the darkest. She's not the most accomplished, but she's also not a student anymore. So I think she's very much kind of your Goldilocks character. I think Youngju, if you have any sort of competitive bone in your body, like you're going to be intrigued by her. One, because she has this air of mystery about her, so you want to get to know her a little bit more, but also because all the other guys are curious about her as well. So there is, there should be some sense of, if I get this girl, I'm going to beat out like all the guys that are interested as well. And then Chang Mi, I think the poor girl just got introduced way too late and people didn't really give her, <laughs> didn't really give her a chance. So she was the other wild card. Do you think that if she came in as on day one, things would be very different? Because she is decidedly different from the other I characters. I think things would have been very so different. So different. Why? When you saw the scene with her interacting with her designer friend, her designer friend kept saying, this isn't like you, like you're not really like this. Even in the special that was said a number of times. So I think one Changmi's mindset would have been very different where she wouldn't have been as self-doubting. She wouldn't have had to really walk on eggshells to see, am I stepping on an existing relationship if I talk to this guy? She would have been more focused on developing her own relationships rather than gauging where everyone was when she first arrived. And perhaps a reason for that is that she's the one Korean yeah. American on the show. Yeah. She's the one non-Korean. So all this like social behavior is something that is probably learned for her. Yeah. Right? To my knowledge, she is actually from my neighborhood back home. Mm -hmm. And she, I think, had learned Korean as an adult rather than someone who was very good at it from like a very mm -hmm. early age. And so likely with the language, as you know, Korean language is so tied to like the, the society in terms of how you speak to people and all of that. She probably learned that in tandem as an older person. So now she's coming into this environment and trying to thrive and 
she just is the worst equipped to do that. So I wonder why did they throw her in? I can maybe we can see why Hyunwoo's thrown in last, right? He's mysterious. I guess he's old, yada yada. Why did they throw her in last? It's like just like sacrificing her. A little bit. I think I wonder if the producers would have thrown her in earlier if they could have done it again. Uh, but I think she was similar to Hyunwoo, like mm. such a different character. Right? Like she was an entrepreneur. She was from the States. I think one thing that was a big disservice was the fact that she didn't live in Korea, right? For anyone who's serious about starting a relationship, it's long distance is hard. Like I'm doing long distance now, but to do that across that distance and, you know, that significant of a time zone change, um, I think is a big risk that you're taking on. And, you know, she did mention that she was planning to move to Korea in the special, which happened about a year after she said, no, I haven't done that yet. So you know, if I were one of the guys, I would say, oh, like dodged a bullet there. Um, but I think she was different enough <laughs> that it was interesting to introduce her. I don't think that she was, she didn't come in like Hyunwoo did, wanting to be kind of a bulldozer on everything that was happening and being unapologetic whoa, whoa, about whoa. pursuing what she wanted. What do you think was going on in her head? What do you think the other people thought of her? What was going on in her head probably was a lot of analyzing trying to read the room to understand who is settled in their relationships versus who is up for grabs and of the people who are up for grabs am i interested in anyone as a korean american though i thought she played it off pretty well in terms of her being pretty korean but maybe that's just a testament Mm. of how i guess american i am um but i thought like her language skills like the way her mannerisms were pretty Korean, right? Like, there was nothing very, like, kochide about her. And I think, you know, she felt closer to Youngju because they both had a little bit of experience in the States. More than being, coming from a Korean-American background, I think there would be more discomfort with me being the oldest one coming in. How come? Um, If you're the oldest and you're a Korean-American. Because I think then it's kind of like a double negative. Oh. Not Sorry, it's two strikes against you. Where, generally, I'm told (laughs) that men prefer women that are younger, right? And if you're not living in the country where you're trying to pursue a relationship, people might not take you as seriously. I think that was the thing that really did her, that put her at a disadvantage, is the fact that she just like wouldn't be there. You think she could have hooked them if she told them, yeah, I'm actually setting up a shop here now? You think that would have hooked her? Yeah, really? So. Over the yeah. other people? Yeah. I think they would have looked at her with an open mind. I think people didn't even give her a chance. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Because it's like, what's the point? Even for me, right? It's If you go out for... I don't know, if someone says they're interested in you, but they're like, oh, by the way, tomorrow I'm flying out to Dubai, and that's actually where I live. You're going to approach that relationship a lot more different if you approach it at all, rather than if someone says, oh, I live down the block actually yeah my 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 korean friends here were telling me like before they left korea they knew they were going to come to singapore in a few months time and so their friends wouldn't even set them up on togeting they wouldn't even do it yeah and i have friends that are working in hong kong and like the lucky ones have girlfriends in korea like they'll fly back and forth and i hear that's not so uncommon like i hear that happens pretty often the flights are much cheaper oh is that right yeah 
Although right now there's like the travel ban, so I guess they're not seeing too much of each other. But how would you break down the guys? Um, the... Give it to me. The guys. So. Because I didn't really talk about the guys, so you got to go all in. <laughs> I think let's start with the safest of them all. So Togyun, I think, is on paper mm-hmm. the safest bet. So he would be my kind of my equivalent of Talon. Reason being, he is successful, right? He is a Korean medicinal doctor, or Hanisa, working at his his family's office. So in the show, you're introduced to his mom, who is also a Korean medicinal doctor. So you know that he comes from a fairly good background. He's not unattractive. He doesn't say anything that's offensive. If anything, he's a little bit boring. Oh, you so, think he's unattractive? So or he could be perceived as unattractive. But that implies that he's, he's not, not really type. attractive, which surprises me. Oh, you think he'd be the type for Korean women? Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, I think he is a safe bet. He's a little bit boring, but that also translates to predictable. Like I can count on this guy. For Cuban, he is my favorite. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> the reason being, he showed such loyalty throughout the season. And as an underdog, I think that he held his ground and portrayed himself well. Underdog meaning that he was the youngest. He was still in school. Yes, he had passed, I think, a big civil service examination. But being Korean American, I can't really quantify how big of an accomplishment that is. Apparently, it's insane. Oh, really? uh, the grade that he attained. <laughs> but, but still, like the yeah. girls didn't waver, and it you know he didn't come in like huffing his, like puffing out his chest, saying, "Hey, look at I'm from Seoul National University. I've passed this big exam. Like, who's gonna come after me?" I think he was pretty humble. <laughs> um, I also wonder, though, if the situation lended itself well to him coming across as being the nice guy because he was the youngest. He he knew, I think, from the get-go that he wasn't going to be the most desirable guy in the house. So maybe he decided early on, okay, if I'm not going to be chased after by these women, I might as well come off as being loyal and stuck with Youngju the whole time. So you think he, do you think he was smitten to Youngju the entire time or do you think it was a calculated ploy to not ruffle feathers. I think he was into Youngju the whole time, but I think he knew it would have been kind of a suicide mission if he decided to go after anyone else. Because it was never reciprocated. You know, <laughs> poor guy, like, you're only dealt so many cards when no one's texting you, so you might as well stick with one girl because what do you have to lose by being loyal to someone and having kind of Korea back you up for at least that one character trait? I think, you know, the worst case would have been if no one liked him, but he was jumping all over the place. He would have been, like, very dismissive of this character, and it would have been a little bit annoying, to be honest. Mm. And then I think Hyunwoo, he was the oldest. He was the chef. As- <laughs> Fuck that guy. We need to, okay, by the end of this conversation, I'm going to convince you that he wasn't such a bad character. That, see, that's the hot take for me. The fact that, like, he was a victim of Youngju, like, pulling him this way or pulling him that way and not showing him the right right signs i mean this dude is like all right fine but like you look at this guy and it's like i don't like these facial expressions i don't i don't like the signs he's sending out like oh which is why it's a shock that like yeah. people are so drawn in well, anyway one continue I, okay well i'll give you that he's a bad communicator right he was not always clear and he would send signals in his own way but that wouldn't always be received well. 
So what I mean by that is with the celebrity commentators, they would always know what he was, what his intentions were when he would make some comments. So, you know, there was a scene when he was at dinner with Youngju and he was talking about his feelings and where his head was at at that moment. And he said, from the beginning, I've always had my eye on this girl. And yes, I wavered a little bit, but you know, now I'm back and I am kind of one track mind on her. Youngju didn't realize that Hyunwoo had been interested in her from the first place. The way that she had perceived that was, oh, like the first date that he had gone on was with Hyunju. So this must be him telling me that he wavered exploring things with me, but now he's going to go back to Hyunju. Right. So that was the fun part of the show, but also the frustration is that you could feel how genuine Hyunwoo was being, but because he lacked kind of the EQ of knowing how Youngju would understand what he was saying, it caused for a lot of misunderstanding. I think the fault with Youngju is that she didn't clarify that in the moment and say, if you're going to go to Hyunju, like, why don't you leave now? She just kind of let it simmer. Mm. And then that, yeah. I think, was the downfall of their relationship. And the one thing I'll add is, I think it's so chizae that Youngju called Hyunwoo at the end, expecting for him to reciprocate her feelings when she had been so wishy-washy to him, had been questioning their relationship the whole time. By the end, had grown closer to the other character, Kyubin. It just didn't make much sense to me, right? Like, if, if you were going to pick him in the end, like, you could have been a little bit clearer and not put this man through so much torment. Back to you. <laughs> do you, do you, so you, you would have added Hyunwoo 100% if you were to redo this 100%. show. I guess he keeps things spicy. I yeah. guess he keeps things spicy. I just think he's like, he's legitimately like, you said you dug up some history yeah, on this so man. The reason why I did was because in the special, he didn't show up, right? So it's like, spoiler alert, he ends up correct in a relationship with Hyunju, they call each other. Um, and that decision means that Hyunju passed up a relationship with Youngju. And that, right. And that At the Hyunju very passed, end. Or Hyunju passed up a relationship with Youngju. And Hyunju passed up a relationship with Dogyun. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you think it's a happy ending because they call each other, but then in the special, which happens, I think, a couple months, if not a year later, he doesn't show up. And that was surprising to me because in the end, you said, okay, everything worked out for this guy, but apparently they didn't. And then Hyunju goes on to say, with how everything unfolded after the show aired. I think he had gotten some bad press, so we decided to go our own separate way. Because of the public outlash. Yeah. So then I wanted to Google and find out a little bit more about this guy. So it turns out a couple months after the show had ended, he got his third DUI. Right, so which means that he had two kind Great. of coming into the show. So I think he had some skeletons in his closet, and I wonder, I mean, if you're going to produce a TV show, you're going to do your research on your characters. I wonder if the producers 
knew that this was going to happen. And Hyunwoo just ended up being kind of an easy character to throw under the bus in any situation. Because they know that Korean netizens can find anything and they right. will find anything immediately, right? Especially a character that looks like that on his first appearance. So they were planning for it, that, it essentially. It probably was a contingency plan of sorts. Obviously, the third DUI, they couldn't have predicted that, nor would they have wanted that to happen. But I think if you're going to be kind of a pessimist about it, like it kind of covered their bases. Apparently, Youngju went to his restaurant right. after the whole thing ended. Yeah. You hear about she this? She mentioned that on a special too, which I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? And she said, you know, Tell I me. didn't realize. So she was asked about her visit to Hyunwoo's restaurant by the celebrity um, kind of commentators. And they said, oh, we heard you went to her, his restaurant. And she mm-hmm. said, yeah, I did. I didn't realize that it would blow up or get the media coverage that it did. And I think that is a whole load of crap. Can I say that on your show? Oh, <laughs> say anything how- you want. <laughs> You're saying NPR. How are you not yeah. going to realize that cameras are on you knowing the wild success the show has had, right? And I think when, you, when you're going to visit him in his workplace that was also featured on the show and say, oh, I had no idea that was going to happen. What do you think she was going for? What was the move? She said it was what to was her move? misunderstandings from the show. What does that mean? You know, by the end of the show, Hyunwoo is in a good place with Hyunju. If you're a decent, wow, this is going to get mean. If you're a decent, like you're going to let him kind of move on and leave the past in the past. But to go back with cameras on you and say that it was for the sake of clearing up misunderstanding in order to put yourself in a good light, I think you're doing such a disservice to Hyunwoo. She also mentioned when Pete, when they were asking, like, have you been recognized in public? She says, like, yes, people do recognize me. People at work were asking me about the show. So obviously she had positive reactions from the people around her and from the public. With that, she would have been aware of Hyunwoo kind of going through that hard time of people saying, why is this guy going back and forth? What is he doing? Like, doesn't deserve these girls. Then to go visit him from that position of power, almost, I think is sneaky. 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 But also sneaky, yeah. Oh, sneaky. You think she was trying to... So she actually wanted to get back together with Hyunwoo somehow. I don't know that she would have wanted to get back together with him. Why is she going when she knows right. all the and cameras are on her? when she knows that everyone her. is rooting for her, is trying to throw Hyunwoo into the fire, like, what good did she think that was going to do? Like, how does that throw him under the bus if that was her intent? Because I don't know, like, how, what else could have been her intent to go and clear things up, it right? It throws him under the bus in terms of, like, if you are Hyunju, for example, and all of a sudden your boyfriend is being covered by the media with his essentially ex-girlfriend visiting him at his workplace, like, that's not going to be a good feeling. <laughs> but, you know, when, when you have strong feelings for someone, you just do crazy stuff like that. You just show you up think, at their workplace you like that. You don't care if the cameras are on you. That That's the only thing I can use to explain. Why would you go visit months later to the workplace of that person if it's yeah, not still lingering in your mind? In that scenario, if she did have feelings for him, though, wouldn't you go and be a little bit more thoughtful about your approach? Right? Maybe meet him in private. If you do want to clear up those misunderstandings, do it in a way that... And he wouldn't come out, though. He likely wouldn't come out. But then kind of just... Why would you agree to meet this girl? Right? And if that's the case, then why are you forcing it on him to show up? Maybe she did. Maybe she asked him. We need, we need the text Maybe she asked him already. <laughs> and then she's like, no, I have to see this we guy. We need the transcripts. This is... Yeah. Like there, there's likely like multiple like interactions slash tried interactions that led up to that incident mm. that make you want that juice. Yeah, we do. 
You want that juicy stuff. Let me think again, right? Because I still don't understand how this chef with like two DUIs attracted the attention of like four prime candidates from the female side, right? The show introduces people with like these like amazing backgrounds. And I wonder how much of attraction in this society is based on the background versus the physical versus the aura. And how did that play out on the show? Did you learn anything? Did it validate anything? Let me throw out a theory that goes beyond kind of the physical background. As you were mentioning, like the cast members, they're not just average Joes. They're like very attractive, relatively accomplished individuals. I wonder if the situation made Hyunwoo seem more attractive to the girls than he would have been if you had met him outside of this experiment. What I'm saying there is these girls are attractive, right? They're not used to necessarily chasing guys. Like you said, in society, a lot of times girls hold the cards and can say yes or no to whoever asks them out. But in this situation, they're faced with the task of, oh, like, I got zero text message yesterday. Like, that's never happened to me. Like, when I roll up in a cafe, usually people ask me for my number. So I wonder if kind of the mystery of Hyunwoo is what drew them in, in addition to kind of competition from the other girls, right? And I think that was a big focus for both Hyunju and Youngju as they were developing their relationship with Hyunwoo. Like, not one date occurred where you wouldn't see some narrative of self-doubt because of the other woman. Oh, because you're in this controlled environment. So if you don't get text, it's like there's literally four texts. And if you don't get any of them, it's like, oh, what what the hell is going on, right? You can actually isolate, like, this person for that reason, this person for that reason. I think there's that. And they also have to send the heart signal too, right? So now they have to play the game as well. So they're mm-hmm, participants mm-hmm. rather than just recipients. Exactly. Right. And then Hyunwoo is basically kind of the grand prize. The guy that all the girls are curious about. Why? See, it's that's what like I'm trying to understand. Thing, right? it's, I don't even think he's that attractive. Because everyone else Physically, is attractive, right? Mm. It's, if we see him as attractive, he becomes more attractive. That's true, right? I think that is the what we call in the West the Emin Ho paradox. which is you have a man who is unattractive now considered (laughs) the most attractive man in korea like you look at this guy i'm just i I, i've watched him in boys over flowers when i was in high school i watched the entire thing and i'm like this guy is like in a regular like everyday life he would not be considered attractive he'd just be like another dude they just put a ton of makeup on him like change his (laughs) hair all of that and so I, I kind of get where you're coming from, right? Like perception makes somebody more attractive, but he's just a chef. He's a chef and he looks old and like the other guys like physically look like studs too. And they're not exactly like dirtbags. Maybe <laughs> Jeho is a dirtbag if you get to know him a little bit more, but that's what I don't get. What is the attract? Is it a cultural thing or is it the environment like you're saying? I think it can't be a cultural thing, right? In Korean society, like, is a chef held to the same regard as a student at Seoulde or a CEO of his own startup or a Korean medicinal doctor? No, right? So I think it has to be a lot more influenced. It has to be more influenced by the environment that they're in. I think for the girls, when Hyunwoo first walked in, the guys got nervous, right? Which makes you, as a girl, say, huh, why are these guys nervous? Why are they intimidated by this guy? Maybe there's more to him than we see. And then once one girl starts to be interested or get curious about Hyunwoo in this environment where you're kind of competing for the most number of messages and to be seen as most desired, you're saying, okay, if everyone's after this guy, if I get him, 
that puts me as like the alpha girl. And like these girls are used to being pursued, are objectively very attractive. I think it would have been kind of a exhilarating chase. The fact of the matter is they're all in this very nice house and they're all <laughs> given nice cars by the by the yeah. production company to drive around in, right? So if someone wants to flex their status, there's actually no opportunity to do that because you're, all you're doing is you're sitting in the same house together. You can't like take someone to like your family vacation home and like show them how like rich you are. You can't like introduce them to like your celebrity friends. You're all in this very nicely manicured place and so everybody kind of looks pretty good even the chef right even the chef is driving like a range rover to like yeah, take you to like go get groceries so i think that part of like flexing Although your background is removed as well a little bit kind of as a hail mary if you ask me of bringing the girls to his parents um hospital why did that happen again there is no reason for them to be the doing girls that girls were like aching here and like had a stomach bug here and he said okay come to the office, like, I'll treat you. Right? So I think, like, yes, it was a natural mm. introduction, but also was it really necessary? Couldn't he have just, like, bought a couple Hanyak bags home and said, like, drink this? So I think if anyone flexed, I think it was Tokyo. And yeah. that was around the time when that was almost kind of the turning point because on that date was Changmi and Hyungju. And those were kind of his two love interests. Well played, you know. It's also it's also so interesting when you hear that Tokyun is like he's so great because he's like Hanisa. But I wonder how many people believe in the power of Korean Oriental medicine. Like if if he was if he said he was a Korean Oriental doctor in like a U.S. dating right. show, everyone would be like, "Yo, this guy's a quack." Yeah, yeah. Like, what is this like Oriental stuff? But this is like totally perceived as real deal over there. So for you, what do you think about uh, I- Korean Oriental medicine? Would this be a big pull if you heard, like, oh, shit, this guy's a Korean Oriental doctor? I would need to know more about it, but I think, like, yes, it would be a pull. Why? Because I think it's hard to get into that role. Like, the career itself, I don't really care about, but it's what are the character traits required to be in the position that he's in. I think you have to be studious. Mm. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a signaler of that person. Although, if he's working at his parents' restaurant, or not restaurant, hospital... I don't know. I mean, you. I'm. I'm sure you have to pass <laughs> some exams, but was it a grind to find that position? Not sure. Like, would your mom put your resume up against fifteen others? I don't think my mom would. For these guys that are like doing so well, right? Why do you think they came on the show? Yeah. They had a choice. It's not like oh, I'm some like Joe on the street who needs fame to like really make money. Mm-hmm. These guys like they could have a very nice life. They're all having really great careers. Why are they on the show? Right. I can't well, believe they found so these people. I'm watching right now also a show called Phantom Singer. So yeah, on yeah. That show, yeah, yeah. It is like a character that comes to mind is Kyu Byung-min, who is... Oh, no, sorry. You're not talking about Phantom the Mask Singer, Singer reality show. Up with, it's oh, it's a, a drama. Singing show. It's like a singing audition show. So what it is, the premise is that you have these really uh-huh. talented singers from all across the world, all of kind of Korean heritage who come and audition to join, to be chosen to be a part of like a quartet, like a singing quartet. And there is a character on there whose name is Kil Byung-min, and he is at the Royal Opera House in London right now as part of like a fellows program. And any person would tell you like he is overqualified to be singing on this platform 
like if, if he can make a career like a professional career for himself in opera there's no reason for him to be singing like pop songs on a network television show but i think the pull there is there's something to be desired about fame and recognition and i wonder if those were kind of the same motivators for these folks coming on to heart signal right like if you see that Cheo is now on random variety shows, taking pictures with celebrities, and Tani has now become an act. And I think you, you mentioned like Youngju has like quit her job and is now trying to become an influencer. Like this can open doors for you. Like in the same manner that in The Bachelor every season, wow, I'm like really cheapening myself and like my taste in TV right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like in the same reason in The Bachelor, there's always those two or three characters that are put on blast for only wanting to do this for the fame like not coming here for the right reason. But but they have such successful careers. That's what I don't get about the fame. Maybe they wanted to pivot the whole time. Maybe that's why cuz Cheo he used to be a really? trainee under one of the big entertainment agencies. I mean that's why he's so attractive. Yeah. He was a trainee. So that's why obviously he's like a very good singer and he's very good looking. Like huh. he was trained to be that person earlier in his life, so Right. He's familiar with it and probably wanted the fame. <laughs> Taon had no career to speak of. She just came from a very wealthy background, so I can yeah. see why she would want to get a job by like getting on this show. <laughs> Youngju is literally, I think she's Wait, an idiot. Youngju? Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, now she's on Yenung too. Yeah, well well now she's a, I think she's on a show where like they fly around the world and I think she well they do like a job. Like I I saw she was like Pretending to be airline crew, like her and other celebrities would pretend to be airline crew. So she's also yeah. trying that route of like going on TV. I mean, yeah. it's not easy to work in corporate Korea, but so I get that. But at the same time, it's like if you have everything set up, the second you go on TV, like Korean netizens are so fierce. This is a small country yeah. that is like very highly collected by Internet. And mm-hmm. because it's so small, too, it's very easy to find things. Because everybody lives in Seoul. Half the country lives in one city. So you can easily just like find someone and where they are at like all times. So why expose yourself to that if you already have a decent life? That's what I found a little confusing. But the way you're putting it is like fame is still fame. Right. You still want to be famous. Like then why is Cubin and Tobin on the show? He has the civil service examination. So for him, it's like unless I make a fool out of myself. This is just exposure and I have something to fall back on. Not, not fall back on. I, I, I genuinely believe he's going to become a civil servant as his career. For Togyuni, the same thing. Yeah. It's like, why not? That's so confusing. Togyuni, actually, <laughs> he comes on as a variety show character sometimes. Like, he'll play the role of, like, Haniza and, like, comment on stuff. He's so boring, stuff. though. So even he's unprofiting. He's... Like you said, he's like the warm, like if he's telling you something, like he could read a grocery list to you and you'd be like, oh, like you just kind of sit in the warmth of his, he's kind of of his voice in a sense. And he's good looking. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing there. Tell me. Like he's, he's clearly someone who has only studied for his Wow. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. He has the whole, he has the whole popping like dance thing to him. Yeah. But there are yeah. nerds who just do that in like their room in their own time too, right? I don't think it like it I, invalidates their hypothesis. Suppose earlier, an hour with him would be like, and I feel like I would become exhausted just trying to carry conversation. 
Not with Cuban. I think Cuban would be but great. But with Cuban, no. <laughs> would you say that the lessons that you may have learned from this, uh, this show maybe apply to your interactions with Korean people? The only way that it would influence it is common ground to just have conversation. Of like, oh, did you watch that show? But I don't think that... <laughs> oh, man. Why? I mean, I think it was, it's like such a fabricated environment that you're never going to have to compete with two other girls and meet guys in the same moment that you know are single, that, are, that have to pick between the three of you. Something that I did take away from it, though, is everyone has their own video, but it's totally conditional on mm. timing how you recognize that or don't. I think that if you had girls that were younger, Cubini would have been really popular because he Why? would have been on the same playing field, right? I think a lot of times in our lives, people say, you know, age different doesn't matter, but you have to be in like a same stage of life. So for them to look at, for them, like the women to look at a student and consider him against someone who's been a doctor for a couple of years, consider him against someone who's started his own company. Yo, how how would it feel if you were on this show? Kevin, how, how would it feel, feel if like you were on you this were show? In Heart Signal, what would be your strategy? Why did you? Remember, this is all that was such a naked show. attempt to reverse the question. Your listeners aren't gonna. Kevin, what would it be like if you were cast on Heart Signal? What would be your strategy? It would be very difficult due to the language barrier, not being able to read social norms. So, what would the strategy be? Why would I accept the show? I would probably accept the show, yeah, to have an alternate career in that country, right? And then when you get on the show, they would probably put me in as the fucking wild card because I know these guys. <laughs> so you, so the, what the wild card entails is like on the second or third night at like midnight, you have to like quietly go into your room and like turn on the lights and everyone's like, oh my God, who's in that room? So then that's when I'll, I'll have my quick panic attack of like there's like seven attractive people mm-hmm. right outside that door who all want to see what I am. And then I think from that point in time, I realize I have no chance with any of these women, whether you're in this controlled environment or not. So let's use this to be, <laughs> let's use this to become famous. So I think I would try, I would try to take on the Cheho role, which is just like contribute something to the atmosphere. I would every night, I would prepare a couple of one-liners in Konglish slash English and make sure to align myself closely with Youngju and, and Cheho because they actually know English because they studied in the U.S. And so that way they can actually respond appropriately. And so then the image becomes of like this foreign fool overseas Korean who came on the show. And look, these two attractive people like him. So I guess we, we can latch on to him too. And I would try to wow. basically escape in that sense. Right. So like the romantic aspect, there's no chance. It would really be like trying to hold on until the four weeks is over. That's, that's like you're holding on to like something and like the roller coaster is just going like, oh my God, let me try to make out of this alive. That would likely be the response. Uh, that would likely be the response that I would have. It's so fun. Like Heart Signal 2, when yeah. you're watching that show, it's like, shit, I want to be in that house. Like, they're just having so much fun as friends. And you know they they edit out all the moments when Hyunwoo and, like, the guys and the girls are all just, like, hanging out <laughs> and, like, chilling and, like, smoking yeah. cigs. Like, they, they cut out all that stuff. You know it's fun. And you know it's happening for 70% of this show. They only keep in 30% of, like, the weird, like, nunchi moments and, like, people crying. It'd be so fun. Do some sightseeing in the house with the individuals in the house. <laughs> Have some fun. Try to poke in some one-liners and maybe... <laughs> 
I don't know, maybe like, you know that show, whatchamacallit. You know, they have all these like foreigner-focused shows. So that would be the move to try to get on one of those. How about you? What's your approach okay, to be on the show? Hypothetical. This is purely because you will never be in that house. Jen, you will never be in that house. So let's go. What the hell is going on right now? Let me let me ask you a new variation of that question, right? So you look at <laughs> you look at the four guys, right? Who is the guy where you're like, okay, I could take his spot, and this season would have been so much better. Like this guy was dead weight. You're definitely thinking about somebody. Cubian or Togun? I pick Cubian. Togun actually had a little bit of attention. <laughs> actually, because you focus very much on the Hyunwoo Youngju dynamic, think, and a key yeah, part of that I mean, is Youngju playing games with Cubian. I, I think you would probably pick Tolgyun if I had to guess. You can just take the guy out of this show. You don't even have to add me. Like, there, there's <laughs> another way to look at it, which I can replace Jeho as like the one like sort of westernized person who just like talks shit. But even he is so, he's so cunning, and he understands social dynamics in Korea exceedingly well. So that role cannot be replaced. If I went to but Thank you. That's a very high that. compliment. But there, I would oh, I just think... crack the atmosphere. <laughs> but that's another take at it. Who would you replace? I think what that's an interesting one. And then what would be your strategy when you entered the house? You're the wild card, by the way. So keep that in mind. I would replace Hyunjoo. What? What? Because... Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why is because I think Changmi would be like easy tell me like come on right no no one was really interested in her she was like nothing really stood out about her and i think the guys also so why don't you go to replace changmi that'll save the show because what is my end goal of the show is to be like right i think you gotta take up i think you gotta take out the strong players (laughs) whoa no go ahead i'm interested to hear what happens yeah i think you gotta take out the strong players and i think I get along really well with girls like Youngju, so like she and I would be tight. I think Tani is just like doing her own thing, so I think that'd be fine. And then that'd be the four of us. What would the dynamic be in the girls' room? The dynamic would be very interesting. I like being kind of the youngest person in the room, so I think I would like to be surrounded by a bunch of onnis. And I am very much like a listener. And I like to have conversations where, like, I'm asking the questions, which is ironic in this setting, um, but kind of leading people to, like, tell me, like, how they're feeling, like, what's on their mind, and helping them process things. So I think even though I'd be the youngest, that would probably probably be the role that I would like to take. But then again, if I wasn't there looking for any relationship, like, it would, it would, ju- it would be fun to be in that room just as kind of an observer. Throw in the guys. Now on. what? Honestly, none of them are really my type. All right, that's the right answer. Okay, next. (laughs) 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 But do you think you'd be comfortable with all those Korean people from what you've seen in that environment? I guess Youngju and Jeho, I mean, they spent time in America, so that'd be pretty easy. It's just like, you know, there's a lot of those types in New York. But then you got some OG. Togin's a fucking Korean Oriental doctor. Like... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, what is that? Um, I think 
I would be comfortable. I, I think I would not be comfortable. Actually, let me change that. I, I would not be comfortable, but I would be at peace with the discomfort. I think it would be a huge growing experience to just like throw myself into a room of seven other Korean Koreans. And I think that would give me a little bit of a different color. Would you change anything about the format of the show? What would be the most fun way to change it? I think the ending, right? The resolution is similar to the end of every episode where you send a text message and that's either reciprocated or not. I wonder if you could do something a little bit more substantial where, you know, if you end up getting a match at the end, like maybe they'll send you on like a vacation or something. Right? There should be stakes to that final one rather than validating. It's like, okay. I thought you meant stakes as in like fork and knife. And I was like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) there has to be stakes. Like people have to be nervous before they like make whatever decision they're going to make in that last episode. Yeah, I think so. Or like, you know, a check-in to see like, has this actually worked out? I think there had to be some resolution to the Hyunwoo storyline. How do you think the PDs were thinking about it with this Hyunwoo thing as it, it trailed into the final episodes? Was there a massive amount of editing? Were they concerned or elated? I feel like any sort of ending they would have been happy with, right? Like no matter what his choice was, you have half of viewers being like, that was the wrong decision. You have half viewers saying yes that was the right decision and all you really want as a producer is viewership and engagement with the audience from that perspective i think hyunu did the program did a lot for the program but we got to find the guy like where is he what's he up to i am curious to know you could probably easily find out fucking netizens man (laughs) any 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 topics or questions regarding the show that you did not see represented in the last literally two hours kevin oh no if you were on the show and you were given like a date card and said you can take out any girl for a date, let's not talk about who you would take out, but like what would you plan to be like the first get to know you date? So this has nothing to do with the show. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the, no, what? No, this is this is like saying with the premise of the show, I'm sure that your listeners want to know how does Kevin fit into all this and I'm just trying to be a voice of the people no but I I would say this as someone like anytime you go to Korea the place is made for dating everything is a date Mm -hmm. you can go to any public attraction and if you're not there as a couple it's weird I don't get it go on a walk like go on a walk to like Namsan right like the end Seoul tower like go up there You'll feel immediately so alone, like you don't even know. Like they have the love locks, they have benches that only two people can sit in at a time, otherwise it's weird. Like the benches that are, (laughs) it's like a bench that has been like broken in half and the middle, so it's almost like imagine a bench has been cut in half and then it's going down to the ground in the middle. The two halves are like pointing down to the ground in the middle. So it looks like a V. If you're two people, you can kind of sit there and like balance off each other, right? If you're one person, then your ass goes immediately to the ground and hits the ground. <laughs> like they have stuff like that set up. And with that, it's like, how can you not be dating in this country? Like the yeah. infrastructure is basically set up for that purpose. So in that sense, you can literally do anything. That's why even going to the groceries like gives these guys a, like a testosterone rush. I'm sure there's something at the grocery store where it's like couples only or like stand two in a line or like some garbage like that. It's a very good country yeah. to date. Yeah. Have you thought about going with Sam? To South Korea. To Korea? Yes. I think that's definitely on our bucket list. I think right now it's a little bit tough. Of course. 
I think we were hoping to do some travel this summer when I would be like between jobs. Mm. Um, you could still go, of- right? <laughs> I don't. Do no, weeks. yeah, I don't. I don't think they'd like stop you. They just quarantine you for two weeks, and the second you get there, everything is cool over there now. Yeah, that's true. Like my friends that are working in Korea, they say they're going to start going back into the office. Wow. May. Yeah, and I've never been like prouder of our country. Like, wow, like they got that under control so fast and then you look at what the states are going through and it i don't know i mean they're not wearing masks they just don't give a shit anymore like everything is done from like everyday Here? people perspective yeah no in korea yeah oh really my my friend sends me pictures of like he's at a brewery or something and nobody has masks on and they're like right next to each other like this and i can't help but think like something isn't something gonna happen like how is yeah. this sustainable? It's like a miracle that they like close this thing off, but can you have herd immunity? Well, we'll find out with Sweden. Yeah, Sweden is like literally the dumbest people I've ever met. <laughs> Sweden is like you you thought these scan before all of this, you thought Scandinavia was so smart and aloof and like they speak like this slightly awkward English, but they still speak perfect English and you're like, Oh, that, that that's so cute and like so smart that they know English and like everything works and like oh man like I kind of wish I was them and then you look at like this dumb stuff they're doing like no no holds barred right like Kevin what would you like out of season three of Heart Signal I would like it to be interesting because season okay let's do this real quick season three episode one now that we've talked at length how different does it feel it can be down to the celebrity judges it could be down to the people coming on Maybe there's a difference in format. I don't think there is. What's your initial impression? My initial impression of season three is that I miss season two. That's what I felt too. I think part of it. (laughs) 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 All right, that's the end. Um, I think part of it is because I just ended season two. And by the time you end the season, you're so much more invested in the characters. They've grown to like and know each other a lot better that the awkwardness of episode one of season three i really just like kind of couldn't stand and there's also no character to really break the ice mm, and no so that's big that I feel like is yeah they're all koreans so- one of them is not <laughs> one of them actually one of them is a korean i think who's, who was in the u.s um it's actually a friend of a friend so this person was like a yeah he like worked in california and then came back but even that person in episode one was not apparent at all as like the westernized yeah. like break the ice guy. Kevin, I, I think the connecting thread to all of this is that you are always two degrees away from getting cast. So season four, can we expect to see you? I will Obviously. need to get rid of this tan before they put me on Korean television. <laughs> they will not put a man with this kind of tan on Korean television. I'll tell you that right now. Unless, unless it's like... Unless it's like one of those travel shows where we go to Bali and everyone's tan, or it's one of those things where they just pick on foreigners on the on the TV show and say like, "Oh, welcome to Korea." Like, unless it's one of those, this tan is not making it on there. But back to the you could be, what? Yeah, I said you could be like the literal dark horse. I don't know. The amount of netizen ridicule you would receive with that kind of wording <laughs> would be absurd. But. Yeah, season three, they're just, they're way too generic. Also, I don't think they're as, like, attractive as candidates from the get-go. Maybe it's just me, because I love season two so much. No, I agree But if the girls were, like, 
if they were on the prowl and they came up to me, which is impossible, <laughs> I wouldn't even look their way. Really? Like I, from even from like that initial one episode perspective, all of them gross me out. Wow. So anyway, back to you. Impressions. Stacy, no, thank you. Um, impressions. They were all pretty flat characters. I think there's something that piques my interest about the guy with the hand tattoos. The hand tattoo is an interesting guy. I think they just ran out of people. They like, they're like, okay, everyone's boring. Let's get the guy with the tattoo. We need to make that like some kind of plot point until everyone figures out he's actually boring. Yeah, exactly. I think my interest in him stops at the hand tattoos. Correct. Right? And then for the girls, it was... (sighs) The entire plot of the first episode was... Who can cook? Oh, I can cook. (laughs) I'm like, are you kidding? My friend Kevin over here cooked content for four hours. (laughs) No, it was actually embarrassing that one guy who was so useless in the kitchen. I forgot. I don't even know what his name is. It doesn't really matter to me anymore. But like, how can you? I don't know. You know, there's going to be a cooking scene on the show because you're living in the house. How can you come so unprepared? They picked guys who are not only bad candidates, but, like, they just didn't do their due diligence. Clearly, last season, everyone was, like, on their game, like... hmm Yeah. Is that some... I'm, I guess four people or three people is too small to make this judgment, but is this a sampling of the Korean men in Korea as well as the Korean women? Like, are we just lo- losing the skill of cooking and nourishing ourselves? Well, this is an interesting question because I grew up on my on my dad's food. My dad is the is the cook. And I I have learned all my cooking habits from him as well, whatever they are. So yeah, I guess growing up in America, I don't have that sense, but like everyone always talks about like my mom's food is the best or grandma's food is the best or like oh, they make the best food and like a lot of them, like, they've never, like, mentioned their father in their entire, like, lifetime that they've, ta- they've been talking to me. Mm-hmm. So, is this, unfortunately, I think is validation that the guys that, the people that come on season three are probably the most Koreanized, or probably so much more Korean-Korean, if I had to guess. Yeah. Like, how can you not, how can you be so bad in the kitchen as, like, at that age for that, whoever that guy was in the black? Yeah. How would I you guess? guess? Be- yeah. If you're a young adult living in Korea, do you really have a reason to cook? It's so cheap to eat, even if you move out. Yeah, it's so cheap. Like you're you're basically living at your parents until you move out after you get married. Your mom's gonna be cooking for you the whole time. Like it seems second nature to us that you would slice an avocado and scoop it out with a spoon. Like this guy thought you'd do it with a knife. Like it's ridiculous to us. But maybe it wasn't crazy when Korean viewers were watching. Yeah, avocados aren't, it's not so common over there. Or like, it's pretty expensive actually to have avocado. But you would think people from that social strata would have access to avocados in abundance. I don't know. (laughs) We've gotten really deep into this. (laughs) (laughs) Jen, thank you so much for joining today. I wish I had done more preparation to, to feed some of the more spicy questions and hot takes that I'd heard from you over Facebook Messenger at 4 a.m. last week, but um, I did enjoy this time. Any any closing comments or any messages for the five listeners who will be listening to this podcast? Yeah. I think 
like many netizens, I'm a lot more confident behind a screen messaging you as soon as I watch the season ending. So if any listeners want that hot take, I'm happy to provide it. <laughs> Maybe in less of a public forum. Ah! <laughs> and then um, for, for the producers of Heart Signal Season 4, please help get my boy Kevin on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye.